is episode number 31 of Teachers Talk Film. This is Mitchell Main here with my great friend, fellow host. You may know him as X-Ray. X-Ray, Monday afternoon, 451. How are we doing today? I feel like I just got introduced to like SummerSlam with that, that intro. I like it. I'm, I'm feeling real good now on a Monday afternoon. I got a question for you. Um, before I started recording, you were wearing a nice polo, and then you put over the Patagonia hoodie. Or were you going to golf a nine holes after this, or what's the plan there? Uh, I wish I was golfing nine holes after this. That'd be sweet. Um, but no, I, I mean, what's the temperature outside? 50-something, which is like, feels like 80-something. Bro. Are you ready for the 90 degrees consistently, um, July? Um, never, never. I hate the heat. hate the heat. Um, but I also think the air conditioning is the best invention ever of all time. <laughs> so, like, like, my brother lives in Arizona, so... When you go to Arizona, obviously, I, I've been there when it's 118 outside, but the, oh my goodness, the air conditioning just feels so much better. So it's, I, I'm, I'm okay with it as long as there's some cool AC around. Dude, one time um, it was in college and I was living with some boys, shout out Mickey, uh, shout out DNAC. Um, but like for a, a brief stint in time and it was summer, we didn't have air conditioning. Bro, I thought my laptop was going to overheat. Like, it gave the sign that it was overheating in just our disgusting. room. Oh, it was disgusting, man. I'm not ready for it, dude. I'm. What are we at? We're at 52 degrees right now. I think this is perfect. Might be even Okay, I agree. I agree. If it was 55, if I could move to a town where it's just 55 degrees, you know, 80% of the year, if somebody knows of that town, that place, that country, that state, please let me know. Because I'll be there shortly so I can just wear a hoodie every single day. And when I'm sitting in the sun, maybe take it off. But 55 degrees is the dream. It's perfect. It's perfect. Um, I also see you have a Carhartt hat on. Um, doesn't necessarily match the polo that you're going with. Um, which leads me to my next question. Do you teach? in this Carhartt hat. Let them know that you're a blue collared man. Uh, if, if I was allowed to, I would wear a hat to school every single day. I'd wear a hat every single day of my life. 24 <laughs> seven. Do you but believe? Unfortunately, Me and Shelby got in, we didn't get into an argument, but we had a debate yesterday. Do you believe that, there's this myth that if you wear a hat, like it's going to mess up your hairline. Yeah. Do you believe that? Um, I, I think about it. I think about it every once in a while. I'm like, man, every time you go outside, you have a hat on. Is that bad for your scalp and your hair? But I've never, I've never put in the work to figure out if that is a problem. And I don't want to know the answer. Like, I'm going to keep wearing a hat no matter what. If it makes me go bald, then I don't know. That stinks. But I'm just going to wear a hat anyway. So what's the big deal? I was going to say, can what's... you can you take off the hat really quick and um, let me see that hairline real quick? This is great podcasting. I'll describe it to the viewers. 
Okay. Yeah, he's got a, you know, he's probably <laughs> about two months out of a haircut um, from his recent shave. Uh, forehead's looking symmetrical. Everything's okay. lining up nicely. Yeah, I would say. All right. I feel like, and you wear a hat a lot. Your hairline is intact, brother. So, are you on that? Are you on that side that wearing a hat doesn't does nothing to your yeah. hair? Yeah, and I've asked like multiple like hairstylists. Like when I go in, sometimes I'll be like, "Is it true that if you wear a hat, it's gonna mess up your hairline?" They say no. That's You're good. You're consulting experts. Yeah, but bro, my hairline, I'm not even, bro, it's receded, it's receded a little bit in the past three years. Yeah. I'm, 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 I think it's not going to recede anymore based on like <laughs> pictures of my dad and like my grandpa and like theirs was about what mine's at. So I'm thinking that it's going to stay like this, knock on wood, because man, I don't know if I can. I'm not man enough to admit that I will need to go bald. Like I'm, I would be that guy that tries to hang on as long as possible. I feel like really. See, I've said that like the second it starts to go, like I'm shaving it. It's gone. I am. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna be bald. And you're you're comfortable with that? I mean, I'm. I think I'd probably rather have hair. I. I I think maybe 99% of the people on this earth would probably rather have hair, but I've accepted it. I'm going to go bald at some point and uh, the world's just going to have to live with it, like it or not. So is your dad bald? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. And is your, um, I think it's mother's genetic. So is your mother's dad, so your grandpa's, was he or is he bald? See, I've always heard that he's not bald. He's got he's got hair, so I guess that's my my hope. But I, I'm not. I, I I decided probably five years ago. I was just like, you're going to be bald one day. So I that's really I I feel like I need to get married before I go bald. So that's really a ticking <laughs> ticking time bomb for me. I gotta do that pretty. Pretty. I, I mean, I don't know what the rate is of me losing my hair, but I feel like I gotta do it somewhat sooner rather than later. I bet you or Luke will go bald for sure. One of the two. Oh yeah. But Luke's already married, so he can go bald. Yeah. So I'd rather it be him because. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's locked down. <laughs> so would you use like hymns? Like, would you do everything you can to like preserve your hair in its final final years? I'll admit I've looked that up before just to see what it is, what, what how it works. Um, but I don't think so. I don't, I, I've you ever seen that? You've seen that episode of Seinfeld where George puts like the Japanese cream on his head. Oh yeah, and it just smells bad. And he's walking around wearing like a cowboy hat, and it just smells. He's got the cream on under his hat. Like that would be me, and I I can't go around doing that. Put a little Rogaine up there and just yeah yeah. Well, this Have you is seen those guys that like? Um, oh, sorry. No, th- I just thought of this. Um, and this kind of goes into what I was going to ask you, anyways. But did you see the Owen Wilson teaser trailer, new poster for Paint? No, I'm going to look it up right now. Okay. Well, it's 
What can I just? Is it him? Is is he bald? Because if Owen Wilson is bald, I might. No, it's like cry. him playing a, a Bob Ross esque type guy, and I'm saying, what a oh head my god! Head I'm looking at the individual. pictures now. Oh my goodness, he looks like um, looks like little Dicky. <laughs> Shout out, little Dicky. <laughs> we need. To see Why'd you movie. bring this up? Um, because. This is, um, it's a movie coming out. Um, it's set to be released April 7th, 2023. Um, Paint. And a teaser trailer has just come out. It's about a guy named Carl Nargle. <laughs> um, and this is clearly just like a Bob Ross-esque character. I wouldn't say it's a biopic per se, because they did change the name. And I'm sure they're taking some personal liberties here. Um, but the reason I bring this up, Firstly, just what a wonderful head of hair on Owen Wilson here with this fro. Um, you, it clearly does not look authentic to his head. Um, <laughs> but secondly, Bob Ross deserves a biopic, I feel like. Um, there are many, many legends out there that deserve a biopic. Um, who stands out to you? All right, so you text me this question. Maybe 45 minutes ago? Yeah? Not even. Uh, well, however long it's been, I've spent the entire time just <laughs> just scrolling Wikipedia. It's been terrible. Um, Wikipedia is like, maybe it could be labeled a, an addictive drug. Oh. Um, I mean, just all the all the links and all the... It, it's just ridiculous. And it's, it's, it's insane. Um, but I think my answer, I, I looked through a few people. I think my if I had to pick one, I'd pick Teddy Roosevelt. Mm. I believe I picked Teddy Roosevelt in our mustache draft back yeah. when we uh, did Legends of the Fall. And oh, I was the I mean, Grand Budapest Hotel, actually. Oh, Legends of the Fall. We had good mustaches, too, though. We Anthony did, uh, Hopkins. No, we did uh, Best Dudes on Horseback. But they they had good mustaches in that movie. Yeah, that's a prerequisite for sure. Yeah, yeah. Have good mustaches, and in order to be on horseback, you gotta have a a thick bush above your lip. It makes it just way better, way better. But Teddy Roosevelt, um, from just a few outlines of his uh, his life, he was born. As a as a kid, he had asthma, and he could like it was like debilitating. He could he couldn't do a lot because he had asthma, and then um, he just said, "You know what? Forget it. I don't care that I have asthma. I'm gonna just go do hard stuff." So he he just started doing like hard stuff just because he was like that. I'm just gonna do it. Then he grows up. Eventually, like works his way into politics. Does the pol- politics thing for a while. And then just says, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm going to move to North Dakota and just be a cattle rancher. Just that's the next direction I'm going to go. So that's awesome. Then he comes back. He becomes like the mayor of New York City. Um, does all this stuff. He works his way up. He's uh, I'm probably saying all this out of order, but this is my 10 minute Wikipedia search. Becomes like the the secretary, the assistant secretary of the Navy or something. So he's working like a desk job. He's not like in the Navy Navy. And he says, 
you know what? I'm done with that too. I'm going to go join um, the, uh, what war was? Spanish-American War. Creates the Rough Riders, his own group of soldiers. Goes down there, fights for a while, then comes back. Um, eventually becomes president. Does does all that. That could be a whole section of the movie as well. Um, and then even after he's president, he gets shot um, get shot, leaves the bullet in his body, says, you know what? I'm not coughing up blood. So the bullet's not in my lung delivers a 90 minute speech, um, to which the, the start of the speech, he comes out and I can't find the quote, but he basically says, ladies and gentlemen, um, like, I just want to tell you I've been shot, but it takes a lot more than one bullet to kill a bull moose. Like, Ooh, come on, dude. That's a bar. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, that might have to be like the last line of the movie. He just says that, and then uh, it just we go to black. Done. Like, come on, that's an amazing final line. But even after that, he he like did this whole thing where he went down to South America and was like trying to find the headwaters of this river and like almost died. And I, I don't. I just think it'd be a, he had a crazy life. It'd be a sick movie. He he. He founded like the national park system. Can you imagine our president currently just going and camping with some guy? Like that's what happened. John Muir just invited him. Was like, "Hey, come camping with me. You need to check this out." He was like, "Okay, I'm the president. I can do whatever I want," and just leaves and goes and camps for a while. He just had a crazy life. I think it'd be an awesome movie. And you got all of this in your Wikipedia search just now. Yeah. Everything you just said, you just learned in like five minutes. Well, I knew some of it before, but okay, pretty much. I, I'm yeah, I, I knew, I knew, I knew probably fifty percent of that before. Okay, because you sounded uh, way knowledgeable. I, I'll give you some points there. He's he's just the man, and I I always knew him as like starting the national park system, and I love the national parks. So, wow, yeah, yeah that would be sweet. That's cool. That would be sweet. Um, cool dude. I'll, I want to give, I have two ideas now. I'll, I'll admit when you were saying that I was thinking about some other ones um, when you were going through your spiel there, but I do want you to, um, while I'm going through this, can you, can you fact check what that quote was exactly? Um, I, I actually just found it. Okay. Can you read that to us? Ladies and gentlemen, this is at the start of his speech, his opening comments. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know whether you fully understand that I have just been shot, but it takes more than that to kill a bull moose. My God. And it's, it says that it says that he, he declined suggestions to go to the hospital and immediately instead delivered a 90-minute speech with blood seeping into his shirt. Imagine us watching this guy for 90 minutes, just blood seeping in this shirt. I mean, we can't get students. I, I say you got to give like a four minute speech and they're like, oh, my God, four minutes. What am I going to talk about for four minutes? This guy did it for 90 minutes with a bullet in him. And they never took the bullet out, by the way. He lived with it in him for the rest of his life. So come on. That's that's the hardest bar I think I've ever seen. That's <laughs> no rapper can compete. We need a we need like a multiverse movie where he is a member of the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> RZA and Teddy Roosevelt. He Rosie, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. 
what a man though. It'll take more than takes more than that to kill a bull moose. Oh my gosh, that's ever that's a tattoo. That's a Twitter bio. <laughs> uh that's i'm gonna start i'm gonna start saying that to students when they're like kind of kind of bugging me a little bit and just be like hey just so you know you're messing with the bull moose you're messing with a bull moose right now (laughs) that is genuinely one of the hardest things i've ever heard um also (laughs) um one of the other hardest things i've ever heard um i'm sure you can guess the artist it's a song um, I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. Johnny Cash, oh, baby. What a bar. What a bar. Imagine that duo. All the all the old school 90s duos that we have. Johnny Cash and Teddy Roosevelt on the mic. In the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It takes more to kill a bull moose. Is that what he says? Bull moose? It, it takes more than that to kill a bull moose. It takes more and than I, that to kill a bull moose. Part of that is because he he started a new like political party and it, they were called the Bull Moose. Oh my gosh! So not only is he I mean, referring he's back for to a like, set, he's repping for <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. he's re- <laughs> dude. This guy, I'm, yeah. <laughs> Never before did we think that we could tie together two chains and Teddy Roosevelt, but we've we've done it. We have done it. Wow, yeah, that's. I don't even want to share mine after that because that that was hard. Um, wow, yeah, good job, man. You you really took Tup- that question, and I appreciate that. Tupac wishes. Tupac yeah. wishes. <laughs> uh. I got Genghis Khan. That would be a cool. All right. Um, Don't know too much about him, but that's why I need the biopic. Just I know that he was a malicious warrior leader of the Mongolian Empire, I believe. Um, Yeah, just an absolute savage. Um, Would love to see like a Tarantino spin on it. That would be sweet. Um, Oh, my goodness. And then Salvador Dali, just my favorite artist, Ooh. surrealist artist. I believe he had like a pet anteater for a time. Um, yes. Yeah, just a cool guy that I would love to see um, brought to film. I don't have any cool justifications why, like you. I, those were just the ones that came to my mind. Can we combine those? Can we do a Genghis Khan and Dali one in the same movie? Could we just do a random pairing of that? Oh, that would be cool. Or like a Genghis Khan biopic then with like B-roll footage of like surrealist art from Salvador Dali that somehow connects to the Genghis Khan story. That would be sick. That'd be cool to make it connect somehow. Yeah. Hmm. If only they were both alive and we could have them team up. Yeah. A a team up movie. I don't want to go back to a superhero movie because we talked about that last time. Trying to think, could we do a rom com with Genghis Khan and Salvador <laughs> Dali? <laughs> I, I think I think we spent our energy on the sloth from last week. That that we we got nothing coming. Well, you know, Genghis Khan got down, man. He got down. By get down, what do you mean? I mean he he liked the ladies. Oh, I believe it. So that that sets us up for a rom com a little bit. 
no comment. No comment. Like I said, I need okay. the biopic. I need the biopic for Genghis Khan. So yeah, I half, half the reason to watch the biopic is that it gets you interested to go to the Wikipedia article and just look at this person's life. Like when I watched Elvis, it was just like, oh, I, I guess I don't know very much about Elvis. I should go look him up. Same thing with uh, Rocket Man. Just going and looking up like Elton John's life. Like that that's half the reason for the biopic is just to go get people to look up what happened. Yeah, for sure. We don't need we don't need Wikipedia when we got you here to do our research though. I mean, <laughs> you gave a whole seminar on Teddy Roosevelt just now, so Crazy life. I gotta hit all the plot points that we're covering in this movie. People aren't even gonna believe it. There's so many crazy things that happen. That would honestly be sweet. And man. I already got my tattoo appointment set up to get that that bar right on my forearm. Right on the forearm. You're just going to get the whole bar. <laughs> I'm going to get an actual bull moose. <laughs> what is the bull? Like, does, did he have like a, a prototype of what a bull moose was? Like, was there a logo for his affiliation there? Or is that just, was that mm. just kind of spinning in his head? You mean like the donkey and the elephant type thing? Yeah, exactly, thing? exactly. I don't know. Let me let me uh, do some research real quick. Um, this is great content. <laughs> some some bull moose iconography. Bull moose party. Oh yeah, we got a moose. We got a good looking moose. Just says progressive over the top of it. I'm googling it. Um, okay. Okay, that's it. The blue background with the tan moose and it just says progressive. Yeah, I mean that I mean that's pretty simple. The progressive party. Yeah. I I kind of like it. So maybe I'll get that tattooed okay. and it'll look it kind of looks like a, a progressive insurance sticker, but that's okay. The moose was flow before flow. <laughs> Oh, is there yeah, is there cool. anything anything more opposite than Flo, the progressive mascot, and Teddy Roosevelt? Maybe that could be our rom com where they meet up. Oh my no no <laughs> Flo is outlawed from any like, movie it's like that hot I'm. Tub time machine meets rom com. <laughs> she goes back meets Back to the Future. Yeah, gross. It's all over the place with these movie ideas. <laughs> That's honestly a cool logo, though. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're going to see it tattooed on me soon, so. <laughs> All righty. All righty. Um, well, 23 minutes in, and we've gotten nowhere to where I wanted to get to, and that's okay. Um, I had some other questions, but I'm going to just naturally weave them into our convo um, about our film this week, Bloodsport, 1988. Blood. Bloodsport follows Frank Dukes, an American martial artist serving in the military, who decides to leave the army to compete in a martial arts tournament in Hong Kong, where he fights to the death and where fights to the death can occur. Dun dun dun. Participating in the Kumite, we have Jean Claude Van Damme. I know I'm saying that probably incorrectly, um, but man oh man, where do we begin? Where do we begin? When when you texted me for like the three movies that you kind of narrowed it down to, mm -hmm. 
I don't know what happened to me, but recently, just in my brain, I was like, you know what? I just need to watch some more like 80s, just trash movies. <laughs> and so I was looking through HBO Max and I j- just came across across Bloodsport and I was like, hmm, that that seems to fit my uh, my need. And then I added it to the list. Not not f- maybe four or five hours later, you texted me and that was one of the options. And I was like, uh, it's it's fate. It's destiny. Oh my goodness! I don't, I don't even know where to start with this movie. I just know that I'm pumped to talk about Frank Dukes. What a man! Let's start with the beginning. I mean, that that's natural. We have the opening sequence, uh, where like, just no time is wasted in this movie. That's probably my favorite thing. It runs at what an hour, an hour and a half, thirty-two minutes. Yeah, come on! And the opening sequence, like you're just given exposition right away. You're just getting all these dudes just training, training montages, all of these different fight styles. We have, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Chong Lee. Ray. Like, Chong Lee, Ray, yes. Chong Lee. Chong Lee's like breaking like ice blocks with his elbows or something. We have another dude climbing up trees, cutting cocoa or cocoa melons, uh, coconuts. <laughs> Shout out cocoa melon. <laughs> Um, we have Ray doing whatever we have Frank Dukes, um, doing a bunch of different things. My gosh, that man can do the splits. Um, but just right away, no words, just all action. You know, this is going to be like a, a campy eighties movie from the very beginning and you love it. You gotta love it. Dude, the, from the first note of the, the score of this movie, I was like, I, I, I paused it. I literally paused it and just looked at it and smiled. And I just went, I'm going to love this movie. Like, I'm going to love this movie. And it, the opening shots was like those shots of Hong Kong, like downtown Hong Kong. And it's, I was just, oh, and the score, it was just everything was just falling into place within the first two minutes. I was so pumped. So pumped. What about that shot? This isn't in the opening, but that shot where he's doing the splits, like on top of the. Oh, I'm looking at it right now on IMDb. Uh, <laughs> he's doing the splits, doing his little meditation practice right over the city of Hong Kong. Oh, just. Oh my goodness! Yes, looking out into the city. Yeah. Come on. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, one thing I really did like about the opening sequence, and then just obviously the fighting in the Kumite. Um, all of the different fighting styles are addressed right at the beginning. Um, like that guy who's climbing up the tree to get the cocoa melons. Ha 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 ha. Um, like in the Kumite, like he's like just kind of bouncing around like a cat. Yeah. Um, you have all these different fighting styles. Like you have the brute. Um, you have Chong Li, who's just uh, all muscle, right? And then you have um, Ray, who's kind of like this he almost has like a humor approach to his fighting, which is very much so reflective of his personality that he has. If you were in the Kumite, what kind of fighting style would you adopt? What what would be your angle? Okay, I'm adopting one of the I don't know his name, but he's one of the he's one of the fighters in the Kumite. He's just the big dude. Like he's bigger than Ray. He's he's not as buff as Chong Lee, but he's just a big dude. That would be my 
He's the guy that gets punched uh, between the the legs where the sun yeah, don't shine. When you texted me, I could tell you were hyped. <laughs> Dude, such a sick moment. What a moment. So, what a moment. because he he goes down on the splits, dodges the punch, and then it's just boom, just perfect right there. Um, but I want to be that guy, not at that specific part. But I just want to bulk up. I want to eat my heart's desire. And then just be able to just take punches and not even feel half of them because I'm just so, I'm so round. Yeah, he welcomes the punches. There's no defense yeah, just in his smiling. arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> what's uh, what's your style gonna be? I'm. I hate to say it and be unoriginal, but just basically what Frank Dukes does. He's he's a balanced. He's a balanced machine. I mean, the dude looks phenomenal. The dude looks absolutely phenomenal. Um, he's he's powerful. He can jump over your head while doing a front flip at the same time. Um, he's tactical. He can kick like no other. Um, the dude's just perfect. I mean, I think honestly, like Jean Claude Van Damme. I mean, what a perfect role. There's. I mean, there's one scene where he, uh, he's got like his, uh, can we call it a kimono on? I don't know if that's what it is really, but he's got that on and he's been fighting and he's had it on for a while, or we've seen him in like a suit for a while. And then he gets like punched one time and he rips his shirt off and throws it down. And I was like appalled. I had forgotten how ripped he was because he had had a shirt on for a while and then he rips it off, and it's uh, it was just like a surprise again. You're seeing his upper body, and it's 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 honestly there should be a a warning in the movie every time it's coming up. Like, hey, you guys got to be ready for this. <laughs> this dude's about to take his shirt off, and you're gonna see something that that every human strives to be. I needed a warning when um, we see his buttocks in the hotel room. <laughs> Like I was, whoa, hey Frank, what are we doing here? Why, why is he wearing a? Uh, he's like wearing whitey, red whitey tighties too. Yeah, they're like maroon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine he's just putting some Hanes on in the morning, just some <laughs> or some Calvin Kleins, and then it zooms in on the Calvin Klein waistband. For <laughs> <laughs> he turns to the he, camera he in my Calvins. <laughs> Oh my goodness. But yeah, you put him in Chong Lee, dude. Chong Lee has, I, I bet that his pecs weigh, I mean, as much as like maybe a fifth grader. <laughs> dude, as much as your head, dude. And they move just, yeah. they have a mind of their own. <laughs> He's ripped, man. Just some, just some ripped guys in this movie. I saw your letterboxed review, your comment, and it was like just dudes rock or something like that. So I put dudes rock. This is a dudes rock movie. This is when a, I, this is a dad when I was putting when I was putting my review in on my spreadsheet. I just wrote, I wrote, I'd like to put a hundred guys in a theater and watch this movie. And then I was like, that sounds kind of weird, but this is just it's such a dude. Like you said, dad movie. It's a dude movie. Um, and you know what? I'm upset that there was a single female in this movie. Like, <laughs> the, 
The fact that is her name Janice? I think her name's Janice. Is it Janet or June? I got it pulled up here. Yeah, Janice, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Like she she serves no purpose. There should not have been a single female in in the entire movie. Yeah, the love interest is very uh is it forced? Because she's the journalist, right? I mean, yeah. Does she really need to be there? Yeah. <laughs> she, she needs to be there just so that we we see him in the in the hotel room with the underwear on. I think that, that that they whitey tidy shot. Yeah, the director's like, well, we we'd really like this to happen, and they're like, well, how can we make that happen naturally? Um, oh, we need we need a female love interest. That's how we do it. <laughs> Just the bodies of Greek gods, man. I like the For traps real. on Chong Li. Just absolutely bananas, dude. Yes, bananas. 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 Um, 80s vibes from the very beginning. And with 80s vibes, there's going to be some, some bad acting. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> tell, me, tell me about the acting here. Because I... I have some thoughts, but where are we? Well, at? I mean, you you kind of reach a point where it, it's it's just like okay, um, your your expectations get lowered really quickly. But the beginning, the flashback of young Jean Claude Van Damme breaking into young the house, Frank? dude, <laughs> that kid. I, I know he's a kid. Maybe the worst actor on the face of the planet. <laughs> it was it was so bad. So so bad. Every line was just terrible, terrible, terrible. He's uh his name is Pierre Raffini. And according to IMDB, he has only been in blood sports, so that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's surprising. That's really surprising. I'm surprised he's not a big Hollywood legend. Um, it, but it also, this, this is also probably the movie's fault. It almost looked like all his lines were dubbed. Like it, it was, it was like he was clearly mouthing things, and they were not, they were not matching up with how I thought that he, he he would sound as a person. I noticed that a few times, not even with just Young Frank, um, but with um, Ray Jackson a few times. It's most noticeable with Pierre Raffini because. I thought I was like, does he have a lisp or like, why am I catching the sound later than how I'm seeing it? Like it was just, and he's got like this weird accent that is not, he doesn't sound like John Claude Van Damme. He just has a strange accent. It's, it's, it's so weird. And the scene is so bad. I would have been totally fine if there was just 90% action, 95% action. And the rest of it was just like, subtitles to enhance dialogue like picture Bloodsport as a silent movie oh my god fire oh my oh my goodness <laughs> just music playing throughout the whole thing oh, yeah, and that ambiance of the music oh fire and some just sweet sound effects okay wait this was so i've talked about the score early on i love the score during the fight scenes later on I, I, I paused it, I'm not joking, seven times because I thought that there was a cat outside my house. Dude, the meows. <laughs> Dude, Dude yeah. I did the same thing. Dude, I, I paused it because there's a cat in my neighborhood that kind of just roams around. I don't really know whose it is, but 
um, sometimes it's like outside my my back door meowing. And I was like, okay, the cat's outside. So I'd pause it. Then I'd sit there and I'd wait and there'd be nothing. And then I'd start it again. And I got to the point where it, the meow sounded so real that I was like, me playing this movie is making the cat outside my window meow. <laughs> like it's only meowing when I play this movie. And then I finally had to rewind it and make sure that they were popping up at the same places. Dude, I was losing my mind. <laughs> and Arlo, he was laying on my lap. And like when it would go on, like he would look around. And we we're both just like, WTF? Like we had no idea. Just meow. Yeah. Oh, so weird. I'm so weird. That, dude. Yeah, because that had me, that took me out of it for a good 10 minutes there. And then it, it would, it like happened early on in one of the fight scenes and then there was like a break and then it came back and i was like the cat is back you're kidding me uh, but <laughs> that was uh, yeah i'm glad that you felt the same way it was ridiculous it was very prominent at the end too i noticed yeah. it like in the last back half of the movie it was every fight scene like every minute and a half meow. <laughs> um so i would take that sound out i would keep the the ambiance of the score I would also want to keep the sound effects after he makes the punches. Yes. <laughs> I would keep those, but everything else can go away. We don't need it. But man, those sound effects fire too. Well, I do. This is a good time to talk about this because uh, you mentioned it being a, a silent movie. There were some great lines that just had great deliveries. Um, the, the first one I wrote down was when Ray gets on the bus. I think it's this is in Hong Kong. Oh, and he, he just says to the lady, he goes, hey, babe, want to go out with a real big man? <laughs> <laughs> and at first I thought that Ray was going to be like the villain. Dude, so so later I. on. Yeah. Later on, when you realize he's just he's he's the the sidekick best bud. It's like, OK, that this is good. And then the the other one is, we need to talk about this scene, but the death touch scene with the bricks. Oh, yeah. um, but he he hits the bricks, and then Chong Li comes from like kind of behind some guys, and he goes, "Very good, but brick not hit back." <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my goodness, this movie's amazing. Oh, dude, yeah. Um, it felt I really appreciated had the fact that again this movie is an hour and a half it doesn't waste any time with the like the trivial relationships like it doesn't give us really the friend buildup between frank and ray jackson other than like they're playing that video game together which is a cool shot where it's <laughs> the low angled shot and like they're just having a good time playing the game but like when they're on yeah. the bus like you said you think he's going to be the villain like Frank's looking at him, like shaking his head, like this idiot. And then, like five minutes later, they're like best friends. <laughs> I, like, I love. Yeah. That. They're not wasting any time on the trivial things. Just give me the fighting, give me the blood. Let's go. There's also I don't remember the character's name, but he's like their almost like their handler. Like he's the one that shows them around Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. He's got like a sick '80s mullet and some uh, like lamb chops almost for facial hair. But his specific reason to be in the movie is just to explain everything to the viewer of like what's happening. Like <laughs> they go to the Kumite and he explains like, Hey guys, here's how this works. Like, and he's just literally saying, 
you either call Mate, you die, or you get thrown out of the ring. And he's like, that it's just he might as well look straight into the camera and say, Hey guys in the audience, this is this is what's happening in the movie right now. <laughs> he I would agree with that. He's uh after but like you he's rendered unavailable or like unimportant at the end. It's very like he tells you what happens and then he's basically gone. Yeah. His role diminishes, but it, it serves a purpose. Again, it wastes no time. It They just tell you, hey, this is what you need. Let's go. And you don't need to know that much. It's it's a pretty brainless movie. Yeah. Um, Can I talk about a, a couple scenes real quick? No, please do. Uh, I'm going to jump to the very beginning of the movie. Well, not very beginning, but the basically the montage of Frank Dukes being trained. Um, Unbelievable. grabbing, grabbing fish out of a pond is just so stinking cool. <laughs> but he's just, he's just looking over that pond and just quickly grabbing fish out of there. That is awesome. And then here's my goal in life is to trick somebody that I'm training them in martial arts and to just get them to do my chores for me because they make Frank Dukes blindfolded, serve them tea. And I'm like, I could definitely brainwash somebody to be like, Hey, I need you to get blindfolded and fold every piece of laundry perfectly. And if you (laughs) mess it up, you're, you're not going to win the Kumite. So (laughs) that was awesome. And, And the last part of that scene is he's just, he's doing all this training and then he's like doing the blindfolded stuff. And I think he might even be fighting at one point and he's just wearing like a blue golf polo. (laughs) (laughs) He's just sitting at like the table in this blue polo, the most ripped dude in the universe. And he (laughs) looks like he just got done playing like tennis. It's so awesome. Yeah. He ripped his tank top on the way there. So he had to stop at uh, (laughs) big lots. Yeah. Pick up the clearance polo. Dude, you forgot about the best montage scene in the whole movie, though. Oh, no. Um, dude, when he's tied up, when each extremity <laughs> is tied to a branch on a tree. And he's and yanking like, on the ropes. Bro, yeah, and the, the branches are uh, going more and more apart, making him strain even more to the point where he, had, he, like, he ultimately gets himself out of it. And then like his mentor looks at him like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think his mentor had no idea how to get him out of that <laughs> it was just his amusement he's like all right we're just we'll see what happens i do that with assignments sometimes i just assign them and i'm like you know what kids will probably figure this out that that's what shingoshi was doing i've never done this i've never tied a guy up like this before so we'll just see how he gets himself out of it when he gets out of it that was insane well, and he, he gets himself out by getting his, like, left side out, and then his right side's still in, and he just still hangs there. He just closes his eyes and just hangs there, like, well, I guess this is what I do now. Insane. And I believe, I was doing a little bit of research before, Jean-Claude Van Damme, he does all of his own stunts. And so, obviously, like, these things are all, there. there's no stunt doubles in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. That, what what did you think of like the fight choreography? I thought in some areas it was it was not good. In some areas it was not good. But 
Oh my goodness, that was a perfect answer. The slow mo <laughs> shots of just punching him in the face, and then again, the <laughs> it just like blood just spewing across the camera. Like this is it's campy, man, but I love it. Oh, it's amazing. How about how about Frank Duke's eyes? There's the bowl of his eye, like piercing through his soul. Like, are you talking about Ray's eyes? No, I'm talking about Frank. So, Ray's definitely (laughs) cross-eyed. In the uh, in the um, the death touch scene. So when he shows up to the Kumite and he's like, "I'm trained by this guy," and they're like, "Prove it." Do the I can't remember what they call it, but it's basically the death touch, Mm -hmm. and. He does it, and there it's a low angle from under the bricks looking up at him. And he like he does this thing in his eyes. I don't know how he does it. He opens his eyes bigger than I've ever seen a human open them. And he's looking down, so that like 70, maybe 80% of his eyes are just white. And he does his ha ah! and he breaks the <laughs> brick. But just his eyes, like if if I saw that, if that guy punched me, just those eyes. I would die before the punch even hit me. I would just be so afraid, so filled with fear. See, I don't even remember that part. There were so many. Dude, things. I was. Yeah, that's that's past my head. I was transfixed by Frank Duke's eyes. See, I was in another way because I think he's got like he has the face of a gentle therapist. <laughs> But then just, again, the body of a Greek god that will snap you like a toothpick. And that's that's Jean-Claude Van Damme. That's really probably the ultimate goal in life, right? That's what I'm saying. I, he's the perfect specimen. He's got a gentle face. But then, like you said, once he takes off his kimono shirt, whatever you want to call it, it's like, game over, buddy. You're toast. <laughs> How about when he, I'm just, I'm trying to look up pictures of his eyes and I can't find them. So I don't know what's wrong with me, but I am, I'm seeing pictures of the seed where he's getting beat by Chong Lee and then he just goes sicko mode and he's, it's the, it's the slow-mo and he's just got his hands out and he's just screaming and he's screaming in slow motion. He's got blood dripping down his face <laughs> and he's just going, ah! and then he, when he's got he just the, the sand in his eyes or whatever. Oh, he's yeah, he's coming back after that. It's oh my goodness, that was terrible acting in that moment. <laughs> well, it was awesome. It was, it was great, awesome. Yeah. Oh, I just came across I a would... photo of the tidy whities. Oh, that's great. <laughs> We're gonna take a brief intermission. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mitchell regains his composure. Oh gosh, dude. Yeah, that I do like that scene though. Um, what was that? That white was it? Just like powder? Yeah, I, I assume it was just some powder and chalk because it was. It came into his like he put it in his waistband and it looked like a little tablet. And then maybe it was it. some, uh, maybe it was some baby powder, just some leftover baby powder before the match. He's powdering up, doesn't want to chafe down there, you know. Yeah, you need the baby. And then he, 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 yeah. But what what a jerk move, Chong Lee. Yeah, and of course he's gonna pull something like that. That's bush league, but I guess that's the that's, Kumite. Yep, you're that, supposed that's, to that's, just kill with your fists, though. <laughs> the Kumite, man, and then okay, 
when you texted me about the like biopic thing, uh, I, <laughs> I couldn't believe it when it popped up at the end of freeze frame. And then it's like, this movie is based on the real life of Frank Duke. So I was like, what? No way that this is a, a true story. You're kidding no me. And then it was listing all stats. Listing all stats in the Kumite. I was like, what the, the, this happened? This was a real thing that actually happened. Unbelievable. Yeah, so it says Frank William Dukes is a Canadian American martial artist and fight choreographer. According to Dukes, a ninjutsu expert named Senzo Tanaka trained him as a ninja when he was a teenager. He established his own school of ninjutsu called Dukes Ru ninjutsu and has said that he won a secret martial arts tournament called the kumite in 1975 his alleged victory at the kumite served as the inspiration for the 1988 film blood sport and he was also in the military um yeah marine corps from 1975 to 81 so it it's it, it's a true story the most outlandish true story i might ever <laughs> been exposed to yeah I mean, almost, I don't know if any biopic can beat this. This is insane. Yeah, this is hard. Do you um, think there's footage of the Kumite IRL? No way. Oh, man. I would no pay way. to see that. I would pay top dollar. Would you, dude? You'd pay to see people die? Bro. I mean, we watch Bloodsport. It's basically the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my good, Dude, I, you know what I want to do really bad? I really want to buy this movie poster. Dude, it's a great movie poster. I'm Are looking we looking at, at this? IMDb. I'll see if we're looking at the same. Is it Frank Dukes in midair just giving a kick to a guy's chest? Yeah, I believe. Isn't that Chong Lee right in the throat, it looks like? Dude, that's so sick. That is hard. I'm going to hang that on my ceiling above my bed and just wake up every morning and dominate this, this world. I'm going to put that in my classroom and whenever kids are... <laughs> complaining about a time dry in ap lang I'm yeah i'm gonna say you need this mentality and show them the yeah. poster do you think frank dukes complained when he got dust on his eye by chong lee because i can assure you he didn't dude yeah, this is yeah, this is a hard poster i'm thinking of redecorating my office and i want an akiru poster i want a birdman poster and i might want a blood sport poster because this is sick Dude, just put a Kiru and Bloodsport next to each other, and you're a full range man. Dude, yeah, the Swiss Army knife of <laughs> yeah consumerism. <laughs> speaking of oh. knives, speaking of knives, like I said, the Kumite, you kill with your fists, right? Nothing else allowed. What would you bring in if you were allowed to bring in one, one physical item, be it baby powder chalk or ninja stars what would you bring into the kumite i have two answers um obviously i'd I'd only bring one but this is what i narrowed it down to number one i've always been i've always thought that just a a mace is like the coolest weapon ever what do you mean just a a stick a stick with a chain on the end of it, and then on the end of that chain, a spiked ball. Oh, yeah. Dude, can you imagine swinging that around in the kumite and just wiping out dude's ankles with that thing? 
that would be baller baller i was so gonna say sick. something else but yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then my my second answer is just a lead pipe i i just really want to hit somebody with a lead pipe <laughs> <laughs> We we might need to stop the podcast now and uh, take you over to psychiatric ward. <laughs> just, there's just something about a lead pipe, man. There's no flash. There's no pizzazz. It's just a freaking lead pipe that you just whack somebody with. Is it the hollow sound that you get after, too? That might help. Yeah, a little musicality to it. Yeah, I like it. Okay. okay. What are you bringing in the ring? I guess it's not a ring, but... Yeah, what what do you call that? Just the the platform? I think they I think they called it the stage, the didn't stage. they? Like they said, Pre- prepare the stage for oh, the final yeah. battle of the Kumite. Yeah. <laughs> that was great, great voice acting. Um, really quickly before I answer that question, I gotta say something about just the aesthetic of the Kumite. And as we walk into it, I love the handheld cam going into the kumite when we're in that alley looking thing and it's just like it's grim and bleak and it's just like the underbelly of hong kong that we're entering in and the camera is just shaking with you as you're walking through it it feels like i'm about to i'm I'm gonna need a mace because i'm gonna (laughs) die in the kumite if i don't have anything to protect me to protect me i would want and this is a cop-out answer but I have a fascination with them. I might need to go to a psychiatric ward too. Um, but a katana sword, man. Mm. How sick would that be? Um, now, are you going to have to earn it in the kumite? Or how are you re- acquiring this katana? I was going to say, I would do a lot for a, kum- or for a katana sword. Mm. It's like, what would you do for a Klondike bar? What would you do for a katana sword? Um, you know, I, I've thought about this cause I asked you that question yesterday. What would you do for a katana sword? Um, I, if an authentic katana sword looking on, um, the internet after extensive research of 10 seconds, um, I'm scrolling Amazon from, right now. yeah, they're $2,000 to $1,500 to $161. So, and it's definitely possible to get my hands on a probably not so authentic <laughs> katana sword, but a real one like that you would earn from the Kumite. Would I fight in the Kumite? No, I'm not built for that. Um, but would I uh, position two chairs and try to do the splits with my feet upon those two chairs? Like Jean-Claude Van Damme. You betcha. You betcha. <laughs> Dude. I, I think I'd rather take a punch from Chong Lee than try and do the splits over two chairs. Mm, I'm opposite. Just w- one punch from Chong Lee, the splits over two chairs, I don't think is possible for me. Yeah, when I, I saw that photo was coming up a little bit ago, it's just, dude is flexible. <laughs> <laughs> like beyond, beyond words. Ridiculous. Like, with the because like the body like the center of his body is like weighted down and so it's almost like his legs are above his waist well and it's it's also like his center of gravity is like at his i feel like most people's center of gravity is at their belly button his because his upper body is just so giant is like at his sternum 
Yeah. Like I bet when, when he bends over, he, he might fall down every time because it's just his shoulders just keep him keep the momentum going. You think he's ever had a Cheeto before? Frank Dukes? Yeah. You think I bet Frank Dukes doesn't even know what a Cheeto is. That's what I'm saying. This dude's 0% body fat. For real. God, Unreal. Frank Dukes. I did have a question about the Katana Sword, though. So, and maybe I'm wrong, but like at the... His mentor, what's the mentor's name again? Shingoshi, I believe. Shingo, yeah, that sounds right. Shingoshi is. Did he win the Kumite, and that's how he had the katana sword? Okay, I was very fuzzy on that whole part of the movie. Like, because did his son killed. die? I believe so. I believe his son dies. I I don't know if it was in the Kumite or not. No, because his son was a young kid. No, oh, you're right. Yeah, because then he wants to stop the training, but then young Frank Duke right. is like, no, we're you're going to continue this. Yeah, you're right. I totally missed his son dying. I think I looked at my phone like once, and all of a sudden he was dead, and I was like, what's going on here? Well, I don't think they really even show it. They just show like a, like the funeral. Oh, the shot. shrine? Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. But So, so when, yeah, I bet, I bet he was in the Kumite. Yeah, so is when... Frank Dukes wins, he's awarded the katana sword, correct? I believe so, yes, like he's trophy. earned it. So I think Shingoshi was in the Kumite as well. Yes. And and won, and won the katana sword. Um Yeah, I don't know. I would do I would do a lot for a katana sword. Um but I would not fight in the Kumite. Yeah. No chance. Some somebody would break the record on me of the quickest knockout. Yeah, but once this podcast is balling and we're sponsored by um, AMC, Regal, um, Rotten Tomatoes, once we're sponsored by all those guys, my first check, like my first ignorant purchase, will be a katana sword. Heck yeah! And I'll hang it up right behind all of my my Funkos, so you can look at it every time yes i will i will buy a i will buy a mace and i could probably go buy a lead pipe right now but (laughs) (laughs) you just go to the junkyard bro yeah (laughs) oh Oh, man what a fun movie what a fun conversation um one final thing i know we're we're getting we're getting to the end here they depict Americans as just total idiots in this movie. <laughs> like the people tracking him down, Forrest Whitaker, and then the other guy. Oh my God. Just we totally haven't talked about them. Man. <laughs> <laughs> totally incompetent. And then like Jean-Claude Van Damme, I think he's Belgian. So like, I don't even think he counts as being American. Just like the, the, the perception and description of American people in this movie is just, we're pretty dumb, according to Blood Report. <laughs> um, yeah, the the cops, dude, the cops. It's it's like they it's like they can only try one thing a day, and then they're just like, you know, that was our one try. I guess we'll try again tomorrow. They just keep showing up at random random points, and when they don't catch them, it's just like, well, we we can't chase them till tomorrow. We we've, we've used up all our hours. 
bro, and he's just toying with them. When he runs in the yellow suit, he runs across all those boats, and he's just waving at them and laughing at them. It's so funny. Yeah. How about when Ray just tackles both of them at one time, too? That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, to save him. What a heroic move there, dude. Everybody, I need. are you my Ray Jackson when it comes down to it? Are you my Ray Jackson? I can be. I can be if I need to be. Okay. That's all I ask for. Okay. Yeah, Jean-Claude um, Van Damme was born in Brussels, Belgium. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one more thing about the cops. This was just an awesome 80s moment. The kind of last time that they try and get Frank Dukes and they're pointing the tasers at him and he, he picks up a trash can lid and they shoot the tasers uh, and they bounce off the trash can lid and hit the two soldiers. Oh my goodness. That was fantastic. That was great. He had that all planned out. As Frank Dukes do. As Frank Dukes do. Um. Give, give me your score if you're ready. What would you like? Any final thoughts? Hit me. Um, last thing I must say. This is a perfect mix of The Wrestler and Blade. Two of mm. my more, more two of my more favorite movies we've reviewed. So mm. I I just kept thinking of Blade. And then when the fighting started, I was like, this is the wrestler. So this is maybe a top top three movie we've reviewed as far as like how much I liked it. Um, I, I gave it an 80. It's, it's, it's a, it's a bad movie, man, but it, uh, it's, I should probably give it like a 70 or a 75. I might even lower it after this, but man, no, it is. Don't lower, I love it. don't lower it. There's something to be said about these movies though, man. Like I watched it yesterday, yeah. four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. Beautiful. I had time afterwards to just like, chill out before i made dinner like i was never rushed this movie like it never feels like you're being pulled in directions you don't want to be pulled in you're you're brought along for the ride from the very beginning and you just can't help but smile because it is bad but it's bad in the best way possible i smiled through a decent amount of this movie yeah yeah i gave it a 76.5 and that's i that's a a loving heartful 76.5 this is yeah. awesome yeah critics gave oh, it like man. a 40 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah <laughs> who cares yeah exactly this this is fantastic oh i love it <laughs> yeah man uh, any final things for the listeners i think that's it i think i'm gonna go out in my garage and like try and punch a hole through the wall <laughs> or something oh <laughs> uh, this is great i we need to do more like '80s campy movies every once in a while. This was a great yes. inauguration to that. Well, yeah, for my for my next pick, I'll I'll keep that in mind. Okay, okay. Do you know what we're watching? You you said you'll keep it in mind. Are you keeping the viewers uh, on ice for now? Yeah, we're keeping you on ice. We're making you go to the go to the Twitter, go to the TikTok. Um, to, to find out what's what's coming up next. All right. You heard it from X-Ray. I feel like I always like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get us out of here in a second. <laughs> this was a great movie pick on my end. Like, I feel, I feel Thank, like I, I assisted. Thank you. I'll take some credit. Eh, well, I was going to say I assist in a lot of your movie choices. 
Yeah, you assisted Birdman very much. That I would say that that was even your pick. Yeah, and I, yeah, I wish I would have uh, just picked Birdman for mine, but I did like Eighth Grade. That was the one I picked. Um, but this is not a competition. This isn't the Kumite. We're we're working together. Here. <laughs> what were you gonna say though? Uh, I was gonna say like, I feel like I'm I'm cheating myself out by giving you all these good movie picks because like Birdman's fantastic. Like, I wish I chose that one, but I gave that one to you. You gave me one pick. Yeah. And I'm going to give you a lot more, my friend. A lot more. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to watch Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, but you had said you already seen that. So I went with Bloodsport, and, and I'm happy with it. Yeah. That's a good pick. So what are we watching next week? Didn't we just talk about this? <laughs> you didn't decide I think in you, 30 seconds? I think you've taken a few too many Chongli punches to the head. <laughs> I got sand in my eyes, man. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're out of here. TTF Nation. Thanks for watching. Stay stay safe, you know? Watching? What are we watching? Um, what did I say? You said thanks for watching. This is oh. a podcast, my friend. Thanks for listening. I've just been lo- watching your face the whole time. Uh, <laughs> putting me in a trance. That's why I'm stumbling over here. Yeah, well, the, well, thanks for watching. You got the Duke's eyes. <laughs> Thank you for got listening. Got the Duke's shoulders. Yeah, the broad shoulders. No, that's me, dog. <laughs> TTF Nation, we love you. We love you. Keep yourself in check. Don't be going to any kumites in the near future. Make sure you do your homework. Check out Teacher Film Talk on Twitter for the next update from X-Ray on the film that we will be talking about next week. Until then, peace out. Peace out.